Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast would be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live commanded to love, commissioned to serve. That is who we are. That is what we do. That is how we show up in the world. And if you can't remember all of that, we live, love, and serve. Amen. 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 Um, If you have your Bibles or your iPads or your phones, you can turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew. And we're going to be in the first chapter uh, and starting at the 18th verse. Again, that is Matthew 1. And we will start at verse 18. Thank you, God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. And it reads, now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Somebody say quietly. Amen. Somebody say quietly. Amen. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus for He will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son and he named him Jesus. I want to read that again in the message Bible. And it reads, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. 
Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. Then they will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew, for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you and we, we love you. We are so grateful for this morning, this new day that you've given us. For morning by morning, new mercies we see. Thank you, God, for being with us. Thank you, God, for being in us. Thank you, God, for working through us. Thank you, God, that you see us. And you hear us when we pray. We are grateful for this opportunity to gather together, even over the internet, God, worshiping your name, giving you the glory, being in community together. God, we thank you that this service is already blessed. We thank you that our hearts are already open. We thank you that your spirit is already moving something on the inside, working on the outside. And oh, what a joy it is to be in worship on today. God, take everything about Lakeisha and hide it in your love. Dip me in your anointing. Allow your presence to be felt. Allow your children to feel you more than they hear me, that their lives might be forever changed. In your name, in your power, and by your might, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And we say together, amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, I don't know any more words than that. Amen. But it is that time of year. It is that time of year when we celebrate. It is that time of year um, when we ought to be reflecting on the birth of Jesus. But somehow we get pulled in so many different directions I don't know about you, but I've been getting all kinds of coupons and specials and sales and one day sales and magazines. Consumerism has really captivated and taken over this holiday in so many ways. 
And so rather than me thinking about Jesus and reflecting on the gift that Jesus is to the world, we find ourselves in the stores, shopping, sometimes spending more than what we have, going into debt, all because we have been pulled in the consumerism of, of, of Christmas rather than focusing on the real meaning for this season, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the one that teaches us, the one that has healed, the one who has served, the one that we look to in our faith as an example of what it means to really be connected to God, to really believe in who God has called us to be, to really engage the world in a way that God's spirit reigns supreme. That's how we ought to be leaning. That's how we ought to be living. That's how we ought to be loving. That's how we ought to be serving about this child who was brought into the world. And I imagine if we were living back then, we would say that he came at the wrong time, certainly at the wrong place, and probably to the wrong person. Remember, Mary was a young woman. She was a Galilean. She, she wasn't uh, from, from the good part of town we would say, but she was from, as many would say, the ghettos of Galilee, and it was her who God chose to bring forth this gift into the world. You know, usually when I preach this text, I preach it from the gospel of Luke, because in the gospel of Luke, Mary is the central character. But here in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew, the writer of Matthew, focuses instead on Joseph. It's Joseph who gets the dream. It's Joseph who, who gets to hear the word from the angel of the Lord. It's Joseph who's making all the decisions in this story. But at the same time, I have to recognize that Joseph was really a gift in this story. I mean, I mean, I mean, Mary was found to be pregnant. That's what the text said. So, so she didn't admit anything to Joseph. She hadn't told anything to him. She didn't say a word. I imagine he was looking and saw her, maybe put on a little weight. Maybe the cheeks were getting a little big. Maybe the belly was starting to protrude. And it says that he discovered, he found out that she was pregnant. And, and finding that out, decided that he was going to dismiss her quietly. You know, he was a righteous man. He didn't want to make a big deal out of it. She really could have been stoned. For, for being pregnant and not being married. But that wasn't who he was, amen. God bless Joseph, uh, who then uh, heard from God in a dream, heard from the Holy Spirit that this baby was a gift from the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph had to walk in alignment with what God had revealed to him. How many of us would have done that? I don't know if I had gone to my boyfriend, husband, and said, you know, I got something special going on here. God has given me this gift. I don't know how receptive. Amen. Can we just tell the truth? We would be to that kind of situation. But Joseph, clearly a special man. Not only was Mary a special woman, but clearly Joseph was a special man. And he gave, I believe, Mary and Jesus the biggest gift that he could have given them. And that was the gift of affirmation. He believed what he saw in that dream. So much so 
that he stood with Mary and he stood by Mary and he was with Mary. And then on top of that, after they had the baby, he named the baby Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. Joseph really is at the heart of this story according to this Matthean text because he was the one who affirmed what was happening, not necessarily in his life or in his body, but with a woman that he was engaged to be married to who showed up pregnant. What a gift. This gift of affirmation while we're shopping for shoes and while we're shopping for clothes and while we're shopping for toys. What if we, like Joseph, decided that this Christmas, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that we would give the gift of affirmation. I, I wonder what our world would look like if we all decided that this year, and not just this year, but every year, every day, that we would be intentional about giving this gift of affirmation. You're trying to figure out what to buy, what to give, what to do. Maybe you don't have to buy anything. Maybe you can be something. Maybe you can be affirmation to someone who needs it the most, especially with everything that's going on in our world right now. People need affirmation, that love, that support, that confidence. Maybe it's not buying something. Maybe it's giving something, giving something that you can't buy in a store. Maybe you can give the gift of affirmation, of validation, of confirmation. What, if it, what does it look like if we give the gift of affirmation at every birth, no matter how it came about? When I think about my own story and how I had my son before my husband and I were married, and I remember how disappointed I was and how disappointed so many people were and, and how much shame I carried. Shame I carried. It wasn't affirmation that I carried, it was shame that I carried. And now when I see him, adult him, a grown, preaching, teaching, sharing the love of God, living his best life, I think to myself, man, how much time did I waste? being shamed, being embarrassed, worrying about what other people were thinking, worrying about what other people were saying, because the reality is babies don't stay babies. They grow up eventually. They grow up year by year, day by day. They get stronger, they get taller, and they become adults. What if we could give the gift of affirmation to that single mother, to that teenager? What if we could give that gift of affirmation to that person that found themselves in a situation that they didn't necessarily plan on, but they found themselves there anyway? What if, instead of saying, I'm disappointed, we said, you know what? It's gonna be all right. What if, in saying, instead of saying, how could you let this happen? We could affirm someone and say, you know what? I've got your back. I'm with you and I'm with you because God is with you because this text says that God is with us, Emmanuel. And so if God is with you, then how can I not be with you? How can I not stand with you? What does it look like to affirm the birth of every child that is born, regardless of where they're born, regardless of how they were conceived, regardless of what color they are, regardless of their race, regardless of their socioeconomic status? What if we could celebrate? and affirm their birth. Not only affirm the births, but affirm the gifts. 
What does it look like to affirm the gifts of those who are around us? You know, when I think about everything that's happening with COVID-19, and, and we hear all of these numbers and, and words like social distancing are, are, are daily a part of our vocabulary, the death toll daily a part of our vocabulary, but one thing that we are not paying as much attention to is the children. Children who have lost parents, who have lost grandparents, who have lost sisters, who've lost brothers, who've lost the capacity to be socially engaged because they're not allowed to go into school. They can't be close. They can't sit together. What if we pay attention to what's happening with our children? You know, we grow up, many of us, with the whole notion of children should be seen and not heard. But during this time, when so much is going on in, in our world, what does it look like not only to affirm their birth, but to affirm their gifts? Gifts that maybe you don't agree with. Maybe you wish they had some other gifts. But can you acknowledge the gifts that they have? Can you acknowledge the joy that they bring? Can you acknowledge that they are a gift from God and because they are a gift from God, they deserve to be loved. They deserve to be nourished. They deserve to be treasured. Not just something that, that gets on your nerves or that you push them out of the room or that you don't want them to be involved in the conversation. What does it look like for us to affirm their gifts? I don't know about you, but when I think about the man that Jesus became, I believe that Mary and Joseph had to affirm his gifts. I believe they had to pour into him in a way. You know, there's this argument that's been going on uh, for so long, nature versus nurture, right? Where some scientists believe that it's all about the nature. It's about your DNA. It's about your chromosomes. It's about what was in you when you came out of your mother's womb. And then other scientists say, no, it's all about the nurture. It's how we treat people. It's how we talk to them. It's how they grow up. It's their neighborhood. It's their schools. But we come to understand that it really is a little bit of both. And so sometimes, since we can't control the nature part, what if we invested more in the nurture part? What if we invested not only in children who are ours, but in children who are God's? In, in our nieces, in our nephews, in our grandchildren, in our, in our neighbors. Th those children that we see um, as we go, the, the places that we're going. What does it look like to affirm? What does it look like to mentor? What does it look like to bring a child under your wing and be intentional about sowing into the next generation? What does it look like? What child are you investing in? A child that is a gift to the world from God. What gift of God are you investing in on today? And, and not just children, because Jesus reminds us that, that really in order to have access to the kingdom of God, we've got to become like children. So, so who, what child are you honoring who's the adult but still has a childlike spirit? And where is your childlike spirit? What does it look like for us to honor the gifts of those around us, especially when their gifts aren't being honored by anybody else. Sometimes it's your affirmation that will be the only affirmation somebody gets. Sometimes it's you saying, I believe in you. That's the only I believe in you that somebody's going to get. And even though it didn't work out the last time, you saying it's going to work out this time. I believe in you. I trust in you. I know what God has placed into you. I am believing you're going to do this until you get it right. What does it look like? to affirm the gifts of God. We affirm their birth. We affirm their gifts, but we affirm also their future. Why? 
because we may not be able to see it. But God has plans for them. God has plans for you. God has plans for me. Plans to prosper us and not harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. What does it look like for us to affirm that future? That no matter what happens, it's going to be all right because it already is all right. Because God is with us. And with God on our sides, there's nothing that we can't do. And, and even this text, as I was reading that, Emmanuel, God with us, you know, um, reading about all the things that God did. God, you know, was able to do so much through Moses, so much through Jesus. And here we are. Where is God in the midst of COVID-19? And I declare that God is still with us. It may not look the way we want it to look, but God is still with us. It may not feel good all the time, but God is still with us. We don't have to doubt God's presence because God was with us back then. God is with us today and God will continue to be with us. What if we give the gift of affirmation, honoring birth, honoring life, honoring gifts, Honoring future, honoring plans. What does it look like? Because I believe that the gift of affirmation, it honors God. It honors God knowing more than we know. It honors that, that we might see and we might think that we know, but there's always something bigger to the picture. And sometimes the revelation doesn't come until we do the affirmation. Did you hear that? Sometimes we won't see the revelation or get the revelation until after we give the affirmation. Sometimes we've got to say, I believe you, God, first before God gives us the assignment. Sometimes we've got to lean into what we don't know because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Affirmation honors God. It honors the humanity that God has given each of us. It honors the essence of us that is God because we have breath. Every time we breathe in and every time we breathe out, every time we inhale, Every time we exhale, we are uh, attributing that breath to the presence and essence of God. Just try it. That breath as Minister Heaven said at the beginning of service, is the gift of God. It's the gift from God. It's the gift to us. It is the part of God that we hold dearest because it's what gives us life. And every time we inhale and exhale, we ought to be reminded that we are not alone every time we inhale and exhale. We ought to be reminded that God is with us. God's presence is with us and God's essence is in us. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And that breath ought to remind us every time we breathe that we are not alone, that we are not defeated, that we ought to be encouraged because we are able to do all things with God on our side. When we affirm we honor God. But when we affirm, we also honor humanity, right? Not just the person that we're affirming, because that person is not living in isolation. That person.
person is living in community. And when we honor and affirm that person, not only is the person blessed, but the community is blessed. When we speak those things that are not as though they were into the person's life, we're speaking it into the life of the community. When we lift that person up and let them know it's going to be okay, it's not just them that's going to be okay, but because they're okay, their communities will be affected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah, we might feel alone, but we are not alone. It may seem like we're by ourselves, but we are not by ourselves. God is with us. And we've got armies, the angel armies with us. And we've got community with us. We've got a pastor that prays for us daily. We've got ministers who get up at 7 in the morning to pray Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We are not alone. And the more we affirm, the stronger we get. Because as I affirm you, then that affirmation comes back to me and the two of us together are stronger. Now imagine if there are three or four or five or more. We're stronger as we affirm. We're stronger as we agree. It honors God. It honors the child. But it honors your participation in the gifts that God has given this world. In the gifts, the true gifts. Not the purses, not the shoes, not, not the expensive clothes, not the cars, not, not the houses. Those are things that perish, that pass away. Store not up for yourselves treasures on earth where dust and moth consume, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven. When we invest in another person, it's like saying thank you to God for giving that person to the world so that person can be a blessing to me and I can be a blessing to that person. Every time we affirm someone, we're not only affirming them, we're affirming the essence of who they are and the essence of who they are is God. So when we affirm him and when we affirm her, we're affirming God. It's cyclical. I affirm you, you affirm me. And our affirming each other, we're saying, God, I appreciate this person so much that no matter how low they go, I'm not going to give up on them. And I'm not going to give up on them, God, because I know you're not going to give up on them. And so it's an opportunity for us to recognize that if we really want to celebrate Jesus being a gift to the world, we celebrate it by honoring the gift of humanity that God has given us. We celebrate it by affirming every birth. We celebrate it by affirming every gift. We celebrate it by affirming the future that God has for us, good plans, good plans, good plans that God has for us. I appreciate this story, I think most of all because of the fact that Joseph didn't hesitate and he didn't procrastinate, he didn't doubt. It, it doesn't say there was a long conversation between Mary and Joseph. Maybe no words needed to be spoken. She had gotten her message, she, he had gotten his message. They moved forward together. But I like the fact that they named the baby Jesus Emmanuel, which it says here, God is with us. But the Hebrew meaning can also mean just God with us. I think I like that. 
I think I like that because if we think about Jesus, Emmanuel, as God with us, it's, it is more that Jesus is a manifestation of God's presence that's always been there and will always be there. So it wasn't that God intruded into the world to, to make God's presence manifest in our lives uh, through the birth of Jesus, but it was that God's presence had already been with us, God with us. There is no tense. It wasn't yesterday, today, or tomorrow. God is with us. God was with us. But because God with us, it means that God is always with us. God was always with us. God will always be with us. God with us. It is a standing presence that we can't get away from. No matter where we go, God with us. In our highest moments, God with us. In our lowest moments, God with us. No matter what we're doing, no matter where we are, no matter who we're with, God with us. They can put me in prison and guess what? God is still with us. In the hospital, God with us. That's the real gift of this season. The birth of Jesus reminding us of the gift not only that Jesus is to the world, but the gift you are to the world. Don't you know the world is waiting on you to recognize your giftedness? To affirm your own humanity, your own personhood, so that you can stand tall in the boldness of God and declare who you are to the world. Not perfect. Mistakes. Not every I dotted, not every T crossed, but a topsy-turvy life and still God with you. When you've disappointed yourself, God with you. When people try to make you feel ashamed of your mistakes, God with you. When you're doubting your own sanity, God with you. When you're experiencing your greatest fear, yeah, I know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind, but in your greatest fear, God with you. God is with us. Won't we celebrate this season, this Christmas, by remembering that we are not alone and that the greatest gift that we can give is the gift of affirmation. I affirm that God loves you. I affirm that God sees you. I affirm that God hears you when you pray. I stretch my hand forth, trusting that the power that's flowing in me and the power that's flowing in you connects in a way that God's power is made manifest in your life on today, not tomorrow, not when you feel better, not when you get out of the bed, but right now, right now I'm declaring healing over your life, over your heart. I am affirming that you are healed, affirming that you are whole, affirming that you are enough, affirming that you are not alone, 
affirming that you are victorious, affirming that God loves you in spite of your worst mistake, affirming that as you believe in who God has called you to be and use that strength of who you are, you will be able to give gifts this year that will be remembered for generations to come. That your 23-year-old niece will say, I remember when I was six and auntie told me that no mistake was too big for God. That your 82-year-old father might say that it was this Christmas that you affirmed that no father is ever perfect. That you affirmed his humanity as a man. Let this be the Christmas that we reflect on. Christmas of 2020, one of the most challenging years that we've ever experienced. But for Christmas, my aunt, my uncle, my mother, my father, my niece, my nephew, my sister, my brother gave me the best gift that anybody ever gave me. They believed in me. I challenge you on today. Choose to believe the best about everyone that's in your life and choose to affirm that belief verbally, intentionally, and publicly where you can so that might not only they buy into your belief, but those who are around will buy into it as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the Internet at FCBCNYC.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.